Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And since it's Wednesday, one of our favourite days, and we're going to welcome back on the programme the one and the only Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, good to speak to you this morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Noreen. I'm great. How are you doing today? Yes, I'm doing well. I must admit, I, I thought it was a Tuesday because I didn't do the show yesterday because I was moving apartments, but I'm still feeling that sort of after-moving um, buzz, but it's, it's, it's stress slash buzz. Oh, it's a lot of stress. Exactly. I think it's okay. And actually, that feeling is really important for what I'm talking about today, which is jet lag. Smooth transition, Cruzy. What there made we you, go. See what, what I made did you, there. What made you pick <laughs> jet lag uh, for this morning? Well, I haven't been anywhere this summer um, other than I think Saikung is the furthest place <laughs> I've been from my home over the last couple of months. That, that's but everybody far. else I know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was. I was there for a grand total of five hours. What a delight. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that a lot of my friends and family have been away and they've been slowly trickling back, as I'm sure you've experienced, people trickling back into Hong Kong in the last few days, the last week maybe. And um, the big one is, oh, the jet lag, oh, the jet lag, oh, the jet lag. Um, And so I thought I'd talk about it a little bit because it is actually not, like, it's not a small thing. Jet lag is really crushing. It it is. It's no joke. And if you've got, you know, little ones who don't understand what's going on and, you know, oh, it's it's a terrible thing, I feel. Totally. I have to say, I always chuckle to myself, um, having traveled with young children to a different time zone and faced the consequences of coming back with jet lag. I always chuckle to myself when you hear mums in mum groups and stuff ask, hey, does anyone know how to fix jet lag in babies? I'm like, no, <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I remember you when you traveled. Yeah, that's right. I remember a few years ago, you traveled uh, to the States, uh, to America. Um, to, to America, And of course, when you travel all the way there, the, the time zone is completely the opposite with Hong Kong time um and i always admire my friends who come back and i'm like what are you going to do with the kids daytime is nighttime and yeah. nighttime is daytime yeah. totally now to talk about it a little bit so what is jet lag well the our circadian rhythms which i have to say is one of those it's one of my favorite words in the world is circadian i think it's nice, fantastic nice. circadian rhythms which is the name that we have for the regulatory system our bodies employ to tell us when to be asleep and awake during the day Now, it's like our 24-hour internal clock that is in our brain cycling between sleepiness and alertness, okay? Now, when we cross through time zones, we disrupt that natural process and we confuse our bodies. Now, the thing is that... um, some of the symptoms that we might experience and see if any of these sound familiar to you just being a mother of three young children. I'm always jet lagged <laughs> because I'm always awake at night time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so firstly, your meal times are messed up. Tick. Yep. Um, in the same way that your body is trained to sleep during a certain part of the day, it's also trained to eat in a certain part of the day. So, you know, whether you have lots of little meals or you have big breakfast, lunches and dinner, whatever your schedule is, your body knows it. So you might come back and feel very out of sorts. I mean, even when you get on a plane to another country sometimes and they serve you dinner and you're like, wait, but it's not. Or they serve you breakfast. And you're like, but I've just had dinner. Like, you know, it's very confusing, right? So, um, of course, this is one thing. Next is a loss of appetite. So you might be, you might wake up super, super hungry when you're jet lagged, or you might just kind of not really feel like eating. You might just be in that kind of, that kind of hazy feeling of everything else during the day. Anxiety and mood swings are actually a really big (gasps) issue with jet lag. Yes, anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. And like, again, tick. (laughs) 
mother of three. Um, anxiety can be a traveler's companion in a lot of instances. So we have, when you travel, for the most part, you have long periods of discomfort, or at least any of us who are in cattle class would, right? So you're wedging your body into a small economy seat for hours on end. It's very frustrating. It's physically um, limiting. And so that stress, and then you arrive in a new ta- uh, time zone, and it can really manifest itself as being like you get moody, you have mood swings, you've got disruptive sleep cycles, strange eating times, all of these sorts of things. Um, so that can be a lot more intense when you're also jet lagged. Also, irritability. Again, tick. So um, irritability can show up with other symptoms of this. So it's tending to feel a little bit less like ourselves. You're physically out of whack. You might feel sluggish and heavy and grumpy and all those other sorts of things. So this is really, really common for when you're jet lagged. Digestive issues. So this is a natural byproduct of travel. Travel has us eating different kinds of foods and switching around our meal times and different time zones. So our digestive system is also kind of expecting certain kinds of foods at certain times. Mm. You know, it's not expecting to eat roast beef at what would be our 2 a.m. You know, so <laughs> that kind of thing. It's very confusing. And it's so hard it's re- to digest, you know, when you're having, you know, a big piece of steak, you know, um, 12 hours before you're flying. And then, totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And so it's very common for people who have um, side effects of jet lag to be constipation, diarrhea, mm. indigestion, all these sorts of things, because all of the rhythms of our body have been shuffled around. Also difficulty concentrating. This is something always fascinating me, people who go to another country and have to immediately go to an activity, like oh, go to a, a work conference or yeah. something. And be like, completely they, switched on. Yeah, as they've crossed a time zone. I mean, it must be really hard. Hard. Our minds are very soupy after all that travel and sleep deprivation. So it can feel very tricky. Now, the next one is dehydration. So this is quite interesting. And I think I only clocked onto this like as an adult, you know, like I don't think like mm. as a like well into adulthood that it's probably a good idea to drink a lot of water when you're on a long flight. Yes. Um, because it can really dry you out. And of course, dehydration um, just not will also lead to feeling a little bit more foggy and tired and grumpy and irritable as well. Yeah. Also, just muscle soreness. You know, this can happen because of dehydration. It can be from the weird positions that we've had to be in as we've been traveling, all those sorts of things. Because we had um, to always throw away the water. We couldn't bring big bottles of water. And then when you got to the airport, to the other side, once you've checked in, it's so expensive to buy it. And I know yeah. you can get free water on the plane, but sometimes, and I'm not particularly funny w- with water. I mean, I drink tap water, but sometimes the, the, the water on the plane can taste a bit sort of metallic. Yeah, it is. It's an odd water. Yeah. <laughs> it is I think odd. we're all in agreement there. It's an odd water. Um, but yes, I mean, good thing is it's like, so, you know, hoping there's like water fountains and airports and stuff yes, like that. That's right. That's the other one. Now, a very key, very common symptom of jet lag is a lowered immune system. So a lot of people who travel frequently have talked about being sick right after a flight and a lot of people accept that there's a possible sickness as part of the travel experience and of course people tend to say oh I got I was sitting next to someone coughing on the plane for example but actually um, you know to be honest you're just more run a, down you're just more run down absolutely mm. you know I remember reading an incredible statistic once that if you sleep less than eight hours of sleep a night the following day, your chances of, of catching a cold increase by 300%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, that's how important sleep is for our immune system. I mean, that's, that's no comfort to either of us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, sorry, my reaction was sort of over the top, but it's because, like, how many hours do you get a night? Five? Six, if we're lucky? Yeah. Oh, at a push. Yeah. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. So there's lots of things that can be... Um, 
can be very frustrating, you know, motion sickness, fat ankles, all these sorts of things that happen. The nausea, um, oh. all of it is very, very odd. But we're looking at, if we think about the term jet lag as well, um, this apparently it was first coined. It actually came into existence in February in 1966. Um, so it was actually like somebody sort of wrote in the Los Angeles Times. They said, you can count on contracting jet lag um, about when traveling across a time zone. So they actually created a term, a writer created a term. And this makes me happy as a writer because it just shows the innovation of writers today. Um, but of course, what's very interesting is that um, there's lots of things that are all kind of messed up by this. And a lot of people report it being worse on the way back. Have you ever heard that? Oh, m maybe because you've had all that travel. So you're already, your baseline is already a bit lower. So then when you yeah. add another travel on top of that, it becomes worse. I, I don't know. Maybe. I think it's something to do with like going from east to west or west to east. I oh. have no idea. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of science behind this. But a lot of people are looking at how you can kind of beat it. And I've never been someone that takes medication to sleep or to sleep on a plane or gives it to my children. So a lot of people were like, oh, I'll just I get on a plane, I have a glass of wine and a melatonin tablet and I'm out. I'm like, okay, well, that's going to have its own side effects. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people who try to beat the jet lag um, in, in lots of ways. So they do say there are ways to shift our body clock without using medication or drugs. Um, so there's lots of ways that we can do this. So if you're, what you can do is you can look at which time zone you're going to and then kind of divide your day into two parts. Mm -hmm. One where you seek as much light as possible and then one when you're trying to be in darkness. So this is this idea of like, telling our bodies again, our circadian rhythms are inherently part of our biology. So we are designed to be awake when the sun is bright and shining. It's very good for us. We understand that our bodies are like, yes, this is the awake time, right? So that's the really interesting thing about like making sure one thing they say is getting people into really bright daylight when you're feeling very jet lags, but you need to be awake rather than sitting on your sofa indoors tired and irritable and grumpy try and get some sunshine which you'll feel awful because it'll be hot and grumpy and irritable but um it's a good one to kind of trick your brain into remembering that this is daytime now and it'll help you produce uh, m melatonin naturally so you'll feel tired in the evening as well that's absolutely right that's absolutely right so it's quite a fascinating thing in these sorts of things um in this sort of way um but yes, so melatonin is obviously key. All these clocks in our bodies are also uh, are very much controlled by melatonin, which is a hormone. And in, in when it gets dark, it's released to make us feel drowsy. It controls our body temperature when we sleep, all these sorts of things. So melatonin is an important part of our biology and it is very, very helpful. But yes, there's definitely something to be said for people who um, add it to their um routines for lots of different reasons as well the trouble so, with melatonin is that you grow uh, you you, uh, you you have to increase the level so if you take i don't know a, a certain dosage after a while you have to up it because your body gets used to it so sunlight is really the, a better alternative rather than taking supplements that the supplement version of it 
Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. But that's. But then a lot of scientists have been looking at how people can avoid jet lag by preparing for it in advance. So one of the things I think is shifting internal rhythms before a flight so that you arrive with little or no jet lag. So a lot of the time they sort of say you need to have some sort of app or computer program that's helping you guide this because otherwise you're just kind of messing with your systems <laughs> and you're going to go a bit, a bit cuckoo, I think. Um, but the they basically uh, gave some volunteers melatonin over the counter and then altered their light patterns using a big light box. So they literally exposed them to light to try and reset their um, circadian clocks. Now, we also, unfortunately, kind of do this to ourselves anyway, just by, um, just by like looking at our phones at night. That's a terrible thing to do because of the, um, the blue light from our, our devices. It's very confusing. Like anyone who's ever talked about healthy sleep habits will tell you, please put your devices away before you go to bed because you're telling your brain that it's, mm. it's daytime and it's not, you know. So there's lots of these different things that people have been doing. And another group, um, a group of scientists designed an app that uses mathematical modeling to determine how our body can shift from one time zone to another. So, of course, all different time zones is going to, like, as you said, the U.S. has completely flipped on Hong Kong. You're talking about at least 12-hour difference. That's a big difference. That's night and day, you know. Um, so that's a really, really tricky one. But there's different apps now that can kind of help guide you in those processes, depending on where you're traveling to. Um, so it's quite an interesting kind of science that's coming into it. But mostly people are sort of saying you just need to kind of um, forgive yourself a little bit and like really ease into your jet lag. Try to have some healthy routines as you did before you traveled um, and give yourself a bit of time. It can take up to two weeks to get over jet lag. Did you know that? two weeks yeah whoa <laughs> just because of like in terms of and that doesn't mean necessarily being awake all night that just means like having your body systems and your rhythms disrupted so you may still have a sore tummy or headache oh. up to two weeks after traveling especially if it's such a big time zone shift you and know imagine if you have to travel a lot for work it's like you've just recovered from one you know bout of traveling and then you have to go on the next one Absolutely. Oh. It's definitely going to have an effect. Um, I have a few. I have a few quotes today. Yes, please. Go for I it. I do. Um, the first one is from Dick Clark, who said, jet lag is for amateurs, <laughs> <laughs> which made me laugh. But I, um, And then the next one is from Jackie Collins, who said, as soon as I reach my destination, I have a cup of tea, something to eat, and then sleep for about 13 hours. I make that an absolute rule, and I always feel fresh afterwards and never have jet lag. Oh, maybe the key is just to sleep no matter what and just to let your body recover and then you're starting from a, like a clean slate. Absolutely. And then the last one, but I also think of these people like you're very lucky. I mean, I, I could have 13 hours uninterrupted sleep, but I have it every night. Um, <laughs> the last one is from um, Spalding Gray who said, I refer to jet lag as jet psychosis. There's an old saying that the spirit cannot move faster than a camel. And I kind of feel like that encapsulates the essence of what oh. jet lag is. It really is throwing you in the deep end, messing with all your systems, and you just have to be a bit gentle to yourself. And I think the best thing you can do when you plan to travel and you've got jet lag is give yourself a bit of grace on the return. Don't think you're going to be diving in. And I know quite a few people who are coming back and diving into work the next day, um, yeah, it's a bold move. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bold move. I think it's okay when you're sort of a bit younger, but you know, in, in you know, when we're a bit older, it's difficult. You you need a little bit of time to recover. Maybe at least come back on the Friday and you've got the weekend hopefully to That's recover. So true. Yeah. That's so true. Well, Cruz, thank you so much for another great audio column and I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you so much.
No problem. Bye for now.